Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Father, help us today. Lord, You never want to speak to us just to fill our mind with information or knowledge. But Lord, You want to fill our heart with the strength and the ability to be able to see what You can do even more and more. So Lord, I pray that today Your wisdom and Your grace and strength will be upon every life, no matter where they are, no matter what their circumstance is. Help us today in Jesus' Name. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 31, just one verse, it says this, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew or exchange their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, I think that's one of the first verses that I ever really learned off by heart. And it never struck me until a week or so ago that there were three speeds in that verse. At first glance, that's what it seems. It talks about flying, which obviously is the fastest. Then it talks about running, which is slower. But then it talks about walking, which is the slowest of all. And when I began thinking about that, I I wondered why. Why would God talk to me about three speeds for my life? Those that wait upon the Lord shall exchange their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles fly. They shall run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. So in conversation with a couple of friends of mine, I just said, have you ever considered? And they all went. No, never thought of it before. And then again, this often happens to me like this. I'm walking through the forest, the woods, the bush, the scrub, whatever you call it. And out of nowhere, I get a moment of inspiration and realise that actually God's not talking about speed. Because in my mind, I think anything fast has got to be better. I think when it comes to blessing, How many people believe faster blessings better than slow blessing? When it comes to answers to prayer, how many of you think faster is definitely better than slower? Amen. The only time faster is not better is when there's a policeman beside you. No, 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 of course you're not like that. When it comes to promotion or increase, how many people want it to go quick? Of course we do. And so when I began to think about that, And then on this day, a moment of inspiration, I realised God's actually not talking about speed, but tempo. He's not talking about how fast. Speed is distance covered over a certain amount of time. However you measure it. 100 kilometres per hour is a speed. But pace is something entirely different. Tempo is not about how fast you can go. It's about fitting the speed to the conditions and to the requirements there are. So let's go to Psalm 31, verse 1. Starts up beautifully. It says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Sounds so positive, such a great start. Let's skip down though to verse 9. 
One of the things I love about the Psalms is how honest the Psalmists are. The Bible does not hide pain away and say pretend. God never asks you to come into His presence and pretend you don't have brokenness or difficulty or struggle or strife. Verse 9 goes on and says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief. I've cried so much, I feel like my eye is dying. Yes, my soul and my body. It gets better. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. I feel like I need country and Western music in the background. My strength fails because of my iniquity. He says, I realise that inside of me, there are some things that shouldn't be there. My bones waste away. I'm a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbours. I'm repulsive to my acquaintances. No, surely nobody today, this would be your life. Those who see me outside flee from me. I'm forgotten like a dead man out of mind. I'm like a broken vessel. I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side while they take counsel together against me. They scheme to take away my life. You kind of go like, wow, you are in one big world of pain here, brother. Then verse 14 a little glimmer of hope begins to pop up and the door opens just a tad. Verse 14 says, But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God, Lord, in the midst of iniquity in my heart and and rejection from round about and fears that are closing in and trouble and sorrow. In the middle of all that, I say, but God, you're my God. Then verse 15 says again something profound when it comes to tempo. He says, my times are in your hands. My times are in your hands. The word times there literally means seasons. He's not talking about hours on a clock, moments on a stopwatch. He's talking about a season in your life. He says, my seasons are are in your life. I need you to know today that every season has its own tempo. You will go through seasons in life. Some of them are great ones of celebration. Other ones will be challenging. But every season requires its own tempo. I See, I got thinking about Joseph because when we pick up the story of Joseph, He's at home and it's obviously very leisurely. He's got a coat of many colours, which he seems to wear all the time. His brothers go out looking after the flocks while Joseph stays home. He's the spoiled kid of his father. He stays at home, it's very leisurely pace. But then when the brothers throw him into the pit and then sell him to the Ishmaelite slave traders, all of a sudden the pace changes from leisurely to forced slow. He walks, they are not providing, you know, an Uber for him to get to uh, the land of Egypt where he'll be sold. He walks tied up and bound up behind the camels that the masters ride 
And so he walks, it's become a very different pace. Direction's not his anymore. He goes to Potiphar's house as a slave. And believe me, in that culture, you would be fast. There's no more slow. There's no more just plodding along. Now it's yes, sir, no, sir, jump at it, run. When the master says jump, you say how high. And so the pace changes again. But then I notice he goes into the king's prison. And when you go to jail, the pace changes. It's slow. How slow can it go? Incredibly slow. Well, he comes out of the king's prison eventually, as you know the story, as the Pharaoh's executive assistant. And all of a sudden he's charged with administrating an entire nation. And again, you can understand the pace quickens. It's fast. He, every waking moment, he is planning the seven years of plenty so that the seven years of famine won't destroy the country. He must have been besieged. Everybody coming, we need a decision. What do we do about this? How are we going to go about it? Now imagine what would have happened if Joseph never matched his tempo to the season he was in. Imagine if he's in prison and all he does is pace up and down and get frantic, forever calling on the jailer. How come I'm in here? I never did anything wrong. It's not fair. And sometimes in the middle of a slow season, we do the opposite of slow pace. We go frantic. Do you know what I've discovered? Is that worry makes you go faster, but it makes the season go slower. Worry makes you think you're getting somewhere. And so we get all hyped up and frantic and we go like a million miles an hour. That's what worry does. That's why you can't sleep because your brain is going a million miles an hour. Hello, is there anybody in the house? Huh? It's going a million miles, but it doesn't do anything about your season. And sometimes the more you worry, the slower it goes. Huh? There is no slower hour than the hour in the middle of the night for the person besieged by worry. Worry makes you go faster, but it makes the season go slower. You see, tempo really matters for life. Why don't we just pause a minute? That song we sang earlier, I Raise a Hallelujah. What a beautiful song. I, I just thank God for a team. Just come, come on. I know we're in the middle of preaching, but just come for a minute. Come on, we want to just worship the Lord for a minute. I raise a hallelujah, regardless of my season, regardless of what's happening. Join with us a minute, Ruby or whoever leads it, <laughs> whichever one of you starts it. Thank you.
think you'll get the message. They're all playing the right notes, but they're all out of tempo. How many of you thought, well, goodness, that's the worst I've ever heard them? They're never that bad. They did it because I asked them to. Did you hear all that? I'm hearing the right notes. They're playing the right tune, but all the tempo's all over the shop. I raise a hallelujah is meant to be played at 82 beats per minute. It's a tempo. And that's how fast it's supposed to go. I wonder what it would be like if we did it at 40. Half the speed. Can we do it? Come on, we'll all be in the same tempo. Ready? Give us 40, John. That, 40. 40. Slow down, John. That's not 40. I raise a hallelujah. Come on. In the middle of my enemies, I raise a speed, we're all going to be asleep by the chorus. <laughs> Tempo matters. But imagine if we did it at 160. Yeah. Come on, John. You're all hopped up there on... on. Exhausted by the end. by the end of that. See, tempo matters, doesn't it? We don't all play the same notes, but tempo's chosen by the composer, not by the orchestra. Come on. You know, 82 beats per minute is not John's idea of how fast the song should go. Ruby, the chief worship leader today, she doesn't go, look, I think today I'm going for 90. I just, I'm feeling like 90 is it. Oh, you know, Amanda goes, no, I'm, I'm thinking 50. But the composer of the song chooses the tempo of the song. The composer of your life chooses the tempo of your life. Amen. And every season has got its own tempo. Now, we don't all play the same notes here. But everyone, the only thing we have in common up here on this platform is the same tempo. Same notes aren't being played by Daniel there on those keys or by Paolo there on the lead guitar or um, bass guitar. Of course, are five pegs. You fooled me with five pegs. But we're all playing the same tempo. Amen. Thank you, team. You may now go. We'll get you back later and we'll do it properly, all right? Matthew 11, verse 29. Listen to it from the message version. Walk with me, Jesus says, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Now listen to this. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says, if you're going to follow Him, you've got to get in step. You've got to get the right tempo. 
You got to make sure you're in step with Him. Learn His rhythm. And some of us, we only know one speed. Absolute flat out for everything. If it won't move, we will move it. We're the people that don't sleep. We're the people in the middle of the night got millions of ideas. We've never learned how to get another rhythm in our life. But then there's other ones of us here. Well, you've got to line them up with a post to see if they're moving. I was in a church once where, well, let me just say there was so little energy in that church that they actually had a nurse going around checking people's pulse to make sure no one had died while the service was on. My wife is up in the parents' room right now and the parents' lounge just going, oh no, get off the dad jokes. Listen to this, frustration is often a sign that I'm in the wrong tempo for the season I'm in. The most astounding thing about Joseph to me is that whatever season he was in, he got in the right tempo. He never tried to escape from the Ishmaelite traders saying, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. When he goes to Potiphar's house, he doesn't say, I refuse to work for you, you ungodly person. How dare you ask me? I'm just going to not do it. When he gets chucked into jail, he doesn't go all frantic. He gets the right tempo. Let me ask you, what season are you in? And what tempo is required for the season you're in? Frustration is often a sign, I'm in the wrong tempo. Now, I'm not suggesting that we float along with just whatever's happening in our life. What I am saying to you is that there are many things in your season that you cannot do anything about. And here's one of them. You can't do anything about the time of the season you're in. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, we are told a parable by Jesus about five wise and five foolish bridesmaids who are all waiting for the bridegroom to come. Here's the deal. None of them know when He's coming. May I suggest to you today, there's a lot of stuff in your life right now you don't know when the end of the season is. You don't know when it's coming, so you better get a good tempo. But there's a few other things we can do rather than simply wait. Ten bridesmaids are waiting for the bridegroom. Verse 5 says, But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And you'd think, well, there you go. Why were five wise then? Well, I'll tell you why. Because as you unpack and read on of that parable, you discover that five of them said, one day it'll all be right. Don't worry about it. We'll get ready when He turns up. But He turns up when they least expect. And five of the wise had said, before I go to bed, I'm going down to the corner store. I'm getting enough fuel for my lamp. If He turns up in the night, I'm ready. Five of them go, oh, look, it's 24 hours a day. and I'll be right. And they don't prepare. Here's my takeaway for you today. Is this, whatever tempo you're at, be preparing for a change of tempo. Are you with me? 
whatever season you're in won't last. Are you getting ready for the change of tempo that will come? Prepare is a good word for every believer in this season. Listen to me, uh, because whatever you are in right around the world right now, there is a gigantic sense of waiting, but there is not a gigantic commitment to preparing. Everyone's just waiting for life to change. I believe right now every believer ought to be saying, I'm going to prepare myself. I'm going to prepare my family and I'm going to prepare my work and my ministry for a change of season. Here's one more. First Corinthians chapter, sorry, First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. Speaking about a tribe of Issachar. It says this, And the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, watch this, to know what Israel ought to do. A slower tempo doesn't mean you do nothing. It means you allow a different tempo to get into your soul. I've discovered, like, since this kind of lit up to me, just probably in the last two weeks, I've found my own life, I'm reminding myself almost every day, Jeff, don't get all worked up. I'm... Generally, ask my wife, I'm reasonably impatient. I thought of becoming a doctor only because I would have had more patience. I know. Hey, listen, don't give me grief, the man in the fish sandals down there. But think about it a minute. And I started to, it started to work its way into my soul going, you know what? Why would you get all frantic when you're in a season where the tempo is a bit lower? Match your tempo to the season you're in. Prepare. And then thirdly, if it's a third, if you're numbering them, get ready to do. The men of Issachar had understanding of the times, but they never said, let's all go and leave. They said, let's do something. What season are you in? What tempo should you be in right now? Should you be slowing down internally? Or maybe, I'm not assuming everyone's the same. I know people that are busier than ever. That's okay. Get the right tempo to match the season. Psalm 31 verse 1 starts off by saying, I trust you, Lord. And then he bookends it with verse 15 and says, my times are in your hands. I trust you and the timing's in your hands. I trust you, Lord, with all of this. But God, I know the time is something you are controlling and I'm going to be as ready as I can be. I'm going to do as much as I can so that when that season finishes, I'm going to be in the right place at the right time in Jesus' name. Amen. Tempo and timing really matter for your life. Are you a warrior? Are you always getting frantic? Some people never get much energy or zing until a problem comes and then they're going mad at it. Why don't you let God do something beautiful and powerful in your life today? Can I pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning and for every person that's a part of this service, wherever they are. 
people in India, people in Catania, in Italy, and people in South America, and people in Malaysia, and other parts, and people in other states of Australia, and people up in the north of West Australia, and the south, and people as well, so many, Lord, here, celebrating with us and worshipping with us in the building today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will help us Let peace flow like a river over our soul. Lord, we, we don't control the season. But we can decide we're going to walk at the pace that's appropriate. Run at the pace. Soar at the pace that's appropriate to where we are. I pray you'll help us today in Jesus' name. In a minute, we're going to worship the Lord again. Sing that song. I raise a hallelujah. I love this song. Louder than the unbelief. Louder than all the voices that are around. I'm going to raise my voice. But I never get tired of hearing the stories of people that come to Christ. I was with someone this week who was telling me the story of their upbringing. And my goodness, it was horrible. It was unbelievably abusive and sad and tragic in every way. They grew up without any awareness of God at all, at least no formal awareness. They'd never been to a church until someone somewhere invited them to go along to a youth ministry. They went and all they really noticed was how kind the people were, like Jack was saying in mingle time about how welcoming everybody is when you come here. Well, then they invited this person to church and on he went. And he told me this, this week, he said, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, when I accepted Christ, he said that took care of most of the pain. He said, you know me, because I'd known him before. He said, it took care of most of that pain that erupted and overflowed in anger so often in my life. But when I accepted Christ, something happened on the inside that transformed my life. He said occasionally twinges of it, moments of it will rise again. But he said it's never been anything like it used to be. We don't preach a self-improvement gospel. We don't believe come to Jesus and follow these principles and He'll help you feel better. We believe what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things become new. And so if you're a part of this service, wherever you are in the building, you say, Jeff, I have never experienced that. You might not be like my friend. Maybe you grew up in church or had an awareness of God or always wanted Him. Or maybe you're like Him and you've never, ever really thought much about God. But today and right now, you go, I wish I had that. I wish that was my story. His story started with saying yes to Christ and so does everyone's. You're not born into it. You're born again into it. It's not your upbringing. It's what He did on the cross that will raise you up. And so right now, I want to pray with people wherever you are. You say, Jeff, I 
don't have that story. I wish I knew Christ. I'm going to pray. And then all you got to do is send your yes. If you're in Australia, it's simple. Text yes, Y-E-S to 488 Or if you'd prefer to get the help, which we send every day via email, or you're outside of Australia, you just send your yes at this address. Yes.metrochurch.org.au And when you do that, every day, and you can opt out whenever you want, but it comes from our church, not from anywhere else. It's us doing this. Someone on our staff does this. We'll send you a Bible verse, a different one every day. That'll encourage you and inspire you. Along with that, we send you a prayer. It all fits on one screen of the smartphone. That prayer, you can pray it out loud. Make it yours. It'll help you to learn how to pray. Send you that for 30 days. If you want to, after that, there's like mini series. They run for 10 days. There's 550 days worth. It's like Bible college, really. It's so good. I would encourage you to send your yes, 0488826392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au. If you're in the building, go to the Connect Hub or you can just do one of those yes text options. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, I know that all of heaven holds its breath at moments like this. Because Lord, even after 2,000 years of salvation, and after 2,000 years of people saying yes, Heaven's never tired of it. You tell us that the angels still rejoice over one. No matter who the one is or how their life looks, how good it is or how tragic, that all the angels stop when a yes comes in and begin to shout and party and rejoice over this moment. So I thank You for those people that are going to say yes, Lord. They're saying yes to You, not to us. And I thank You, Lord, that You're going to do something wonderful and powerful in their life, they'll never be the same again because they said yes to Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. Bless them and help them. Amen. 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 We celebrate with you. Thank you for your yes texts. They come in all week long, different hours and times of the day. Whenever you're a part of the service, God bless you. All right. Well, thank you for destroying that song. But we're about to get it healed and back to normal. Amen. I want us to stand if you're in the building or wherever you may be. Be a part of worshiping God with us and let this be your song for the week ahead. I'm going to raise a hallelujah. There might be enemies round about, but I raise my song of saying, praise God. I raise my song of thanking God for His goodness. Come on, let's worship Him together. I raise a Melody.
Great to be with you this morning. Trust we can see you again sometime soon.